New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the mountain time zone. That means it is time for the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. So grateful that you are with us this evening. Please do feel free to shout out, share out, give a like, a share, a subscribe. Let us know you're out there. Good evening, Shay. Good to see you, dear one. Glad you're with us. Everyone else, grateful you're here as well. You know, this is my opportunity each week. And uh, when I'm not here, it's other people's opportunity to share the good news stories we found through the week. So big shout out to Reverend Barbara for last week's episode. If you didn't get a chance to check out her collection of good news stories last week, please check them out in our YouTube archives. Uh, last week's show was really fun to watch. So again, thank you, Reverend Barbara, for sitting in. All right, let's get into it here this evening. Now, most of you know, we get most of our stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. Uh, please head on over, give them some of the love and attention they deserve. They do a great job of collating co co all these stories. And uh, one story that I found there, but in a lot of other places as well this week, uh, is Five weeks after a plane crash in Colombia, four indigenous children were found alive. Now they do need some medical attention. Uh, the children's ages 13, 9, 4, and 12 months old were able to survive in the Colombian jungle for five weeks. Uh, they did. They do have an indigenous background, so they had been taught how to build shelter, how to look for food, uh, and how to find food, obviously. And originally, it took the Colombian military two weeks just to find the location of the crashed aircraft. Uh, these kids and, their, and uh, a number of adults were on their way from one indigenous community to another. Uh, again, took two weeks to find the airplane, and now another three weeks later, we've actually found for the children uh, Colombian President Gustavo Petro said a joy for the whole country. Uh, the children's grandfather said, as the grandfather to my grandchildren who disappeared in the jungles of the Yari at this moment, I am very happy. And so are we, sir. Good news here that we're hearing coming out of the jungles of Colombia. 
Hey, another uh, story out of Columbia that you might uh, not have heard of. This one didn't make all the papers. We want to introduce you to Sebastian Arias. Now, you can't really see Sebastian in these pictures all that well, but that's him on the second floor climbing up next to the telephone pole, and then that's him at the roof throwing puppies. Now, luckily, well, not luckily, but as was uh, happening. So here's how the whole story unfolds, folks. Uh, on June 9th, Sebastian was walking down the street in Lima, Peru, when he noticed that a recycling center was on fire. Now, he just so happened to have worked there previously, and so he knew there were puppies and dogs and that the owners kept uh, kennels on the roof of the, uh, of the building. Uh, immediately jumped into action and climbed the building. He actually said he didn't know how he did it. He just did it. And uh, other onlookers were able to grab mattresses and sheets and blankets. And as Sebastian tossed the puppies off the roof, uh, onlookers were able to catch those puppies. And according to this story, none of the puppies were harmed in this incidence, incidence, instance. Uh, thank you, Sebastian, for being a good character, for being a good guy. You get a good guy of the week award uh, for helping out saving the puppies. Hey, you know, we're going to talk about fires this week because, well, they're everywhere. But where there is fire, there is often good news as well. This is another good news story. Uh, over 200 South African firefighters have landed in... Uh, in Canada. Now, if you haven't been following this news, Canada has been fighting fire, uh, had some very powerful wildfires uh, since going back into March of this year. Uh, they've intensified and have actually started to break some records. Uh, the firefighters arrived in Alberta just a couple days ago now and are helping the Canadians to fight these fires. South Africa is one of the few countries in the world that has a full-time wildfire fighting force. And the agreement between South Africa and Canada has been long with long standing, allows for the exchange of resources in these types of condition. The U.S. has been sending hundreds of firefighters to Canada. Australia and New Zealand are also sending firefighters up to help battle those blazes. We trust that uh, all that's going to get under control real, real soon here, uh, fighting these fires. And um, Portugal, uh, you know, I learned in, in this that uh, South Africa and Portugal as well um, are not adver are, are not uh, immune to the fire fighting season and the wildfire season. Our next story, this segment actually does come also from Portugal. Uh, they've been testing and are now ready to release a firefighting drone that's what you're looking at here. Now, what happens is the drone is able to hover about 160 plus feet above a potential blaze and can dump uh, two, a pair of symmetrical jet streams, uh, can channel the water from a nearby fire engine into areas where it cannot uh, currently get. Now, the photo you're looking at there is a, a test blaze. Uh, they said it was about the size of four sedans. And the drone was able to put enough water on the fire to douse that fire within 15 seconds. Again, Portugal has been scorched recently uh, by wildfires. And this is their, at one of their new ideas on how we can combat that. Uh, there are some limitations based on how far the hose, how much hose they have. Uh, and it 
cannot take an unlimited amount of hose. It only it does have a limited amount of hose that uh, before it'll start to uh, well get pulled out of the sky. But good technology coming out of Portugal. We're going to learn how to fight these wildfires one way or the other. And you know, folks, with uh, climate change as real as it is, and uh, and and showing itself in so many ways, uh, we're going to see more and more wildfires. As the years continue, it's our job to do the prayer work and it's their job to do the firefighting work. So thank you for being a part of the team that's knowing we've got good things coming and we've got uh, new ways to battle these blazes being developed all the time. Hey, this is the, you're watching the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. We're going to take a quick break and let a couple of our sponsors say hello Please stay with us. Give these guys the love and attention they deserve. I'll be back in just a moment with more good news stories here on the New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yes, yes, come on, everybody, out to my place tomorrow night. If you're close enough to the Arvada area to join us, please do so as we welcome Eddie Watkins Jr. to our house concert series. And we will be broadcasting live online through our YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Mountain Time with Eddie Watkins live from Arvada. Please plan to join us for that. All right. Hey, it's Pride Month. And I trust you already know that. However, here on the Good News Network, we do like to share our uh, number of different pride stories that we have found. And while we get a lot of our stories from a number of places, our pride stories come from the LGBTQNation.com, another great organization doing really good work supporting the LGBTQ Nation. So please check them out 
as well. All right, first up tonight, kudos to the UK. Here we go. The British Home Office has announced that they will expand a program that pardons people convicted of any offense related to homosexuality. Now, previously, the program was only available to men. Uh, it is now open to women and those that consider themselves and identify as transgender. Uh, now, hundreds of men have already officially been pardoned for things such as buggery or gross indecency since the program launched. Uh, the uh, law only applies to cases where the offenses would not be considered crimes today and did not involve anyone under the age of 16. The updated initiative now applies to everyone regardless of gender and has been expanded to include other offenses. Army veterans can now also apply to have convictions erased from their record, and women who were dismissed can apply to have service medals returned. Although they can never be undone, the disregards and pardon scheme has gone some way to right the wrongs of the past. This is the Minister of Safeguarding, Sarah Dines. She continued by saying, I am proud that from today the scheme has been significantly widened to include more repealed offenses. Good work, UK. Way to make Pride a happy month. And let's not stop there. Iceland. The parliament in Iceland unanimously passed a comprehensive conversion therapy ban recently. They're prohibiting the practice on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression. Lawmakers approved the legislation 53 yes votes and three abstentions. Now, anyone who forces a child to undergo conversion therapy can go to prison for up to five years, and anyone who tries to force an adult can face up to three years in prison. Those who actually administer conversion therapy could go to prison for up to two years. Congratulations, Iceland. Thanks for setting the example. Thanks for setting the, the showing us the way. You know, folks, many people consider Iceland one of the friendliest LGBTQ nations on the planet. America, on the other hand, well, we are sorely lacking behind. Uh, of the 50 states, only 20 have laws banning the conversion therapy. Uh, and then there's another five that have partial bans. That still leaves half of our country here in the U.S. Uh, with no legislation whatsoever uh, regulating conversion therapy. Oh, my gosh. But we, we're getting there, and Iceland is leading the way. Thank you, Iceland, for showing us how it's done. And, you know, folks, on during Pride Month, um, if you're like me, I, I'm a cisgender guy. I'm a cisgender straight guy. I get lost with what all the flags are. Uh, and, well, lucky for us, the LGBTQ nation uh, they've got a great article. Please head on over there that shares with us all the meanings and the history of the various pride flags and what they mean. It's a great quick read. It's a, uh, and it'll help you to understand all the various flags you might see if you're participating in a pride celebration this month or attending an event where pride flags are being displayed. Do yourself the good news, folks. Spread the good news. Jump on over and check out that article. You know, the, the original uh, pride flag was created in 1977. Uh, gay activist and politician Harvey Milk challenged a gay military veteran, Arbor, uh, artist Gilbert Baker, 
to create a symbol that represented and united the gay community. Uh, before then, the most common gay emblem was the upside down pink triangle, uh, but that was a Nazi symbol. And so um, I was personally very happy when somebody created something a little more affirming. The colors themselves in the original pride flag, hot pink is representative of sexuality, red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunshine, green for nature, turquoise for magic and art, indigo for serenity and harmony, and violet for spirit. There you go. Now you know. Head on over to the good uh, LGBTQ nation and learn a little bit more, folks. All right, we're going to take one more quick break. Let our sponsors say thank you for uh, the work that you do in helping us to keep this going on. We're going to say thank you to our organizational sponsors and donors and be back right after this. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more good news stories before you know it. You are a gift. That is the absolute truth. You are a gift, a blessing to the world, a way that the infinite love of God shines itself, shares itself, and expresses itself more fully in the world. You are a gift and a blessing. Please take that seriously. Take it as your honor. Take it as your opportunity to be a light that shines for others. Be that bright light of God's love that's the truth of who you are. And enjoy it, because you deserve it. help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors and donors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, and all of our individual donors and sponsors. being a part of the New Thought Media Network. Please come be you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping be making this network operate to get it, helping us to get this word out. You know, folks, every donation goes a long, long way to making sure we can get these mighty messages, these powerful messages, these affirmative messages of life out into the world places where people can find them. And I tell you, we got some exciting things coming up in the near future. We can't, uh, I have to wait to tell you about them, but we're going to tell you about them real soon. So stay tuned to what's happening here on the New Thought Media Network. All right, let's get back into the good news. Now, another place where we find a lot of the good news stories we share is an, an organization called Sunny Skies. Sunnyskies.com, check them out. And check out the new and the new news stories that they're putting out all the time. And you know, you'll find links into all these news organizations in the description of tonight's broadcast. So please do check that out. And hey, remember, if you hear of a good news story, let me know about it. Drop a quick email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. If it's a good news story and uh fits our our 
our lineup. We'll bring it into the on the Friday night and share it with everybody else. Or if you'd like to come on and share a good news story yourself sometime, let us know that as well. All right, back into it here. Uh, now we're going to take a quick trip around the world, folks. First stop is Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii, where uh, scientists have begun a collaborative effort with culture keepers in preparing to undertake the largest restoration. Why is that doing that? We're on the wrong. There we go. <laughs> um, they've started an effort to undertake the largest restoration of coral reefs in the island chain's history. The It's named Akoa Koa, and the effort shares a dual, uh, the, those words share a dual meaning to assemble and coral. And at this stage in the integration of cultural practices, management, and science, Akoakoa will see the deeper connection between humans and coral communities in an era of climate change. That's Greg Asner, director of Arizona State University Center for Global Discovery and Conservation Science. He is spearheading the restoration work. Asner said corals are critical to reef biodiversity and home to millions of marine species. Personally, I love that they're focusing on the interconnectedness between land, sea, coral, and humans. Good work happening in Hawaii. So keep our eye on that sh- on that story, folks, and let you know more as it progresses and as we learn more as well. Hey, and I found this story really interesting, and I did not know any of this. Uh, the country of South Korea, they create countless kilograms of annual food scraps, but very little of it ever ends up in the landfill. And that's for two reasons. Number one, it's been illegal to put food scraps in a landfill since 2005. They're way ahead of the world on that one. Uh, and the second reason is because they have developed a very sophisticated food waste disposal infrastructure. Now, while this does represent a significant burden on the economy, the food waste disposal nevertheless produces ample supplies of animal feed, fertilizers, and biogas. The biogas alone heats thousands of homes in South Korea. New York City is looking at uh, this as a template for how they may implement such efforts in New York City. And uh, everybody's on board. Restauranters and street hawkers uh, pay the municipality for a sticker that goes on the outside of special bins. Once those bins are filled with food scraps, they're left on the road for collectors. And 90% of all such waste in the country is is taken and collected at specialized collection facilities. In apartments and residential housing areas, high-tech food waste disposal machines are operated by key card owned Uh, by a key card owned by residents under contract with its disposal companies. It's an extensive system. I encourage you to head on over to sunnyskies.com, learn more, and uh, consider, cast a vision, hold a vision with us. How could it be if North America could get to a 90% of food scraps ending up being composted rather than and recycled rather than heading to the landfills this is big news folks and i love following it so we want to cast that vision and want to and want to hold that vision for ourselves as well 
you know, talking about holding a vision, uh, I want to introduce you to 23-year-old entrepreneur, Maggie Grout. Now, we reported on Maggie's efforts back in 2021 during the pandemic. Uh, at that time, she was working with a San Francisco architect to develop a 3D printing model. Uh, now, the architect in San Francisco suggested that she consider printing honeycomb shaped buildings as that would uh, lead for lend towards future expansion and that's exactly what she's done what you're looking at here is a thinking hut built on a campus in rural madagascar did cost about forty thousand dollars and takes 18 hours to build and uh interestingly enough their first campus of huts is called the honeycomb i love how people put some intention behind what they're doing. Uh, now, uh, part of the difficulty that Grout had was infrastructure. She had to ship her own 3D printer over to Madagascar. And, uh, and that's exactly what she did. Uh, the first project, uh, she said uh, in an interview with Fast Company Magazine, she said, from that first project, I really learned how to streamline the logistics. I learned how to put together the supply chain when there's not a lot of locally available materials. And then I learned how to work in harmony with the local people. Her intention is to eventually turn the, her 3D printer over to the locals and allow them to continue printing honeycomb 3D, 3D printed thinking huts and turn them into schools. Eventually, she'd like to see thinking huts all across the, all across the planet. Right on Maggie Grout. What a great idea. Folks, you know, we follow these stories uh, across the internet, looking for these types of good news stories that remind us uh, that together, there's nothing we can't achieve. And together, we really are creating a world that works better for everyone. I love it. And hey, you know, our final story of the week is always our hero of the week. Yes, our hero of the week, Officer Wallace uh, from the North Myrtle Beach Police Department. Officer Wallace was conducting a patrol late on, uh, well, early on the in the morning on May 28th. It's actually about 530 in the morning. She observed a white Jeep disregarding red light. Uh, she conducted a, a traffic stop and while doing so noticed that the woman driving uh, seemed uh, very distressed uh, and the passenger would not look towards the officer or look at the driver. It was then that Officer Wallace began to notice that the woman was silently mouthing the words, help me, over and over again. Officer Wallace removed the gentleman from the car and put him in the back of her patrol car went back to the suspect, spoke to the woman, and the woman advised that the gentleman had just shot someone and was forcing her to drive away. Uh, while all this is going on over her radio, Officer Wallace hears a be on the lookout call for exactly the vehicle she had, stating that it had just been in a shooting uh, earlier in the evening. Uh, due to Officer Wallace's proactive patrolling the streets of North Myrtle Beach, even to the last 30 minutes of her shift, a suspect in a shooting was arrested and an unlawfully carried pistol was recovered underneath this suspect's seat. 
our department and our community is lucky to have officer wallace that was her commanding officer kudos officer wallace thank you so much for doing what you do and being part of our good news and being the hero of the week simply for doing your job hey folks that's the time what we've got time for this evening here on the good news i want to thank you for being with us and i want to invite you to stay tuned coming up at the top of the hour it's the fireside chat with reverend michael mangus always a great time and of course we have our 8 15 evening prayers be sure to tune back in for those this evening as well i'm rev robert i want to thank you for being with us thank you for being a part of the new thought media network and invite you to continue to like share and subscribe let your friends know what it is we're doing here on the new thought media network i'm out of here for now until next time i wish you peace and richest blessings bye now <music>